Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Haller. Today, joined by Angel Gonzalez, one of the co-founders of a company all of you have heard of, which is Snappy Kraken. Now, we're not going to talk normal Kraken here, which is fun because we've done that with Robert and a couple other people on the team over the years. We're going to talk about something that all of you really want to know more about, which is artificial intelligence, right? And how can you use artificial intelligence to, I don't know, do things like create content without losing the human component. So, Angel, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks, Matt. You are a delightful, energetic man, so any time spent with you is going to be fun. So I can't wait to bring it for our listeners here. You and I have actually spent some really good time together uh, off camera, off mic. And I love hearing about you and how you perceive stuff. I just want our audience to understand Angel's brain is amazing. And the way that he thinks and processes information is something that is really remarkable, even to see in real time. In AI, you had initial reactions when AI hit the market. Talk to us about how you processed what this opportunity could be. First off, that's really flattering what you said about my brain. There's definitely, I have the, there's a lot of cons on the con list. There are things that I'm not very good at that your normal average person is amazing at. So my co-founder, Brad, I'm going to call him out here. One time he told, he saw me trying to fold the tablecloth and he said, dude, it's a good thing you're smart. You would not make it in the real world or you would not make it as a dumb person if you weren't a smart guy. That's what it was. <laughs> That's but, awesome. So the initial reactions. So this isn't new, right? I'm sure you've gone down the rabbit hole with ChatGPT and the myriad of AI tools since November, since it really made a huge leap and was publicly available. Before that, there were a lot of tools. They danced around it. There were There was your machine learning platforms. There were the auto-suggest features and different platforms and different consumer-grade tools. I had signed up for quite a few that promised to, to write content if you just gave it a prompt, that promised to write you SEO-optimized content, and it left so much to be desired. It was usually incorrect. It hallucinated like crazy. It was all over the place, and it was absolutely unusable. I was better off using a blank sheet of paper and just starting from scratch. It was not helpful, but I knew it was going somewhere. I'm like, okay, if we logically extrapolate from here and we start improving it, this is a, an, an unstoppable force. People are investing in it. They're going to keep moving in this direction. This is going to really integrate itself throughout marketing. It's like the new spreadsheet. Everybody uses spreadsheets. Even apps that you use on a day-to-day -day basis could likely have started out on a spreadsheet. You could probably replace any app with a spreadsheet, just throw an interface on top of it. So it has changed a lot, as I'm sure you can attest. I use it now dozens of times a day. It is my thinking partner. It is my assistant. And it is just 
this tool for me to explore a lot of avenues and curiosity and even explore different strategies. I want to talk to you about the strategies. So we're going to go off script here a little bit because you just opened up a can of worms and I want your brain on this. See, this is why I like chatting with you because it's not just a random rapid fire questions. It's, hey, let's explore that. Let's go down the rabbit hole. What I want is so prompting, right? So how did you teach yourself that? Because that's the key, right? If you know how to ask AI good questions, AI produces good results. How did you just, how did you just play with it until you figured it out? Did you take a course? How did you figure out how to prompt it so that it is your thinking part? I do everything. I will, I'm an early adopter. I will jump on and I'll start playing with the tool and find ways to break it. And then I look for really smart people who are spending 60 hours a week on it. So I found a series of newsletters. I would say Twitter, now X, was super useful because ChatGPT, OpenAI doesn't have a tons of documentation on prompt engineering or it's not easily accessible on their website. They do have Discord communities and things like that. But I found that the enthusiasts, that the amateurs, all these dilettantes who are just jumping into the tool... They have these amazing threads and that's where I got the most leverage and the most advancement in my AI and in my prompting education. They would just jump in and be like, hey, here's an interesting prompt for exploring marketing strategy. Here's an interesting prompt for creating a meal plan for the rest of the week. Have you tried this? Have you considered that? And I would just look at those and then go right back to the tool and start making it my own, find ways that it could serve me get rid of the stuff that wasn't applicable and keep moving ahead. I'm sure you did the same. Did you similar? It's, it, I, yeah, but that, that level of brilliance didn't occur to me until a little later. So I always go back. So I have a very strange education because I actually am a philosophy major. And part of when you're a philosophy major, lines of questioning is something that you learn from Socrates, Aristotle, and Plato. Seriously, that's like the foundation of Western philosophy, right? Eastern philosophy, I took that too. But when it comes to dialectic, which is what they call it, which is really just prompting, if you go back to Socratic argumentation and understand how to ask questions appropriately. So I start, I went back with 20 plus odd years now. Gosh, it's almost been 30 years, 30 years now. And I'm not 30, close enough. But anyway, and I started asking ChatGPT Socratic kinds of questions. And all of the sudden, man, I was getting unbelievable results. And then I was like, okay, this is, it's really cool, but now I need to, I need to really figure out how to narrow it down. And so that's when I started, I actually watched a whole bunch of YouTube videos. I'm more of a video guy at Twitter drives me or X, whatever the hell it's called, drives me a little bit crazy with my ADHD brain. It's just too much to assimilate. So I, I did some deep dives on some chat GPT prompt specific. So our listeners, that's what I want you to look at. It's prompt engineering is the keyword that you want to, by the way, which you could even put into chat GPT. But if you want to watch some great YouTube videos, there are some really wonderful ones out there. But now here's the deal, Angel. So you and I, we're both early adopters. I'm a wicked early adopter. I love diving into new tech. I love the challenge behind it. I love breaking it. I love finding the benefits of it. As a philosophy major, as someone who relies on the Socratic method of questioning, you are at a huge advantage, I'd say, because you're relying on first principles. You're trying to dig for the question underneath the question. And I wanted to point out before we move on is that's one of the keys to the prompt engineering. To be an amazing prompt engineer, to ask this thing, the question that will get you the most acceptable output, 
you got to think in first principles. You have to be able to distill the question and you have to be good at delegating because you're delegating a lot of activity to this machine. And I think that's where a lot of advisors or people dabbling, they might make a mistake thinking that this machine has all the appropriate context. So then the question isn't as dialed in as it should be, or they just ask one question, they give up. This can be an ongoing conversation and an actual dialogue. All right, rant over. No, uh, thank you, dude, for that, because you're right. The whole idea of creating the perfect prompt or getting a prompt to where it needs to be is initial lines of questioning, clarification, specificity. But even if you get to that point, AI still isn't human. And we live, you and I both, as providing services to financial advisors, you and I have done this for a long time. That humanness is something that we know is how and why advisors are successful. How can you use AI in your experience without losing that human touch? There are several ways I can answer this. That question probably has 10 10 sub-questions underneath it. So here's what makes us human, first off, the human touch, right? It's connection and it's our curiosity. I listened to Rory Sutherland. He wrote a book called Alchemy. He's a guy that came from Ogilvy. He said, there's artificial intelligence, but man, they don't have artificial inquisitiveness yet. So the value of the answers that we're getting from this machine are relative to the value of the questions and the inquisitiveness and the curiosity that we have going into it. Garbage in, garbage out. So if you're not tapping into your inquisitiveness and your curiosity and your hunger and drive for human connection, in the case of leveraging this tool to connect better with clients and prospects, if you're not leveraging your humanity and your curiosity and your drive for connection, garbage in, garbage out. What are you going to get? Like you really have to, you really have to pay attention to that. People don't just want to connect. They want answers. Yes. They have search engines for that. They have these large language models for that. But at the end of the day, they want to connect with someone who understands them, who gets them, who's credible, and who is maybe talking to others who have been in their shoes and they've seen quite a few other patterns. So it's, it's, I would say the advisor of the future is going to be one who pairs well with this technology, who uses this technology as the tool, as the assistant. Use the tool, not the other way around. Don't let it use you. Don't abdicate your position. Delegate to it. How can, let's just get down to the brass tacks. How can advisors use this tool and what can they use it for? Instead of, hey, I'm going to go use this tool and you're starting to use it. What is, what is your objective first? That's actually the role that you want to use with any tool that you're going to use. I'm sure you don't just grab a hammer first and then you go look for what nails to go hit. You look for the problem first. So again, I'm going back to that inquisitiveness. What is the problem to be solved? What is the problem to be solved in your day-to-day workflow? What is going on with prospects or clients? This is something I may have mentioned to you before, but Some of the homework that I'm giving advisors now is, hey, just pay more attention. Think about the last three to five questions that your prospects or clients have asked you. Okay, great. We have a nail sticking out. Now let's go grab the hammer and then start pounding that nail. So I would start with that inquisitiveness. And prospects and clients ask questions. 
what is a universal component of that question that isn't just super, super unique to that client or prospect? Boil it down to its essence, go to first principles, going back to your Socratic method, find a way to ask that question, and then you can explore the answers to it and you can create some useful communication, some useful content. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to chase the content component of that, right? Because I think advisors, for instance, yeah, I was just at a workshop yesterday with a company called White Glove, which both of us have a a wonderful relationship. They're just an amazing organization. And, And we were really talking about content creation and a lot of advisors, when they hear you and I as marketing experts talk about content creation, they get overwhelmed like immediately. It's like they just brain short circuits. And being able to utilize AI as a foundation can really help you come up with more ideas. Because again, as you said, it is a thought partner. It's your friend that you can ask questions to and actually start having that dialogue back and forth. But there's one thing that advisors are really terrified with AI, which I don't personally think that it's as big of a deal as a lot of people do in the general public, but privacy. And with privacy, so I don't know how you're going to answer that, but the other piece of that is ethics, right? And talk about first principles, right? If you're really looking at what it means to be human, we need to make sure that we're maintaining our ethical standards, fiduciary standards, but we're also maintaining privacy. Why don't you take that and let's see where you go with that, brother. All right. Let's handle the ethics first. I know there's quite a bit to unpack there and then we can handle the fear and the privacy. So on, on ethics, so here's the angle that I'm going to approach it from. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that you own band t-shirts, t-shirts that have a band name on them. Do you? Yeah, you're darn okay. right. I do. Absolutely. Okay. Name one, name one. <laughs> What's one in your closet right uh, now? I've got my, one of my favorite ones I wear is a Wu-Tang Clan t-shirt. <laughs> okay. I love it. Is it, have you ever worn any of your band t-shirts and someone struck up a conversation with you? Or have you ever struck up a conversation with someone because of the band t-shirt that they wore? Ab- all the time. T-shirts in general, but absolutely when it comes to bands. So you're going to see where I'm going with this. So you wore a band t-shirt. So in a sense, you've outsourced. I'm going to boil this down in the most analytical way, in the most rational way. You outsourced human connection to commerce. You bought a t-shirt from a band, promoting a band, and it led to a human connection between you and another human being. That's not unethical. It assisted you in that connection. So you, and I know I'm boiling this down, it's very reductionist, but hear me out. You still outsourced or delegated the prompting of that human connection to something commercial, to an object. So that t-shirt in a sense was a tool to help bring you closer to someone else that you had something in common with. That's how I'm looking at these tools too. I think the hype cycle and the headlines have turned it into a a very big philosophical dilemma. And I think people are getting a little bit caught up and they're black mirroring the new technology. They're going way, way far down the line, trying to predict all the contingencies and all the parallel universes where things can go wrong, but let's scale it back a little bit and think about these things as tools. Can I outsource a tool to help me connect better in the real world with another human being so that I can bring them these services that I provide to help make their lives better? 
Can I do that? Is that ethical or unethical? Let me use these tools. No, I just, I think you probably just made everybody put on the brakes of their car because you just challenged a major paradigm that I think people are struggling with AI specifically is it is the tool, how that tool is used is where the ethical nature of the question comes in. AI was not built to do something negative. AI was built as that assist, that language, as of right now, language assist. What you choose to do with it lands squarely within you as the advisor. Hey, it's Matt jumping in for just a second. Are you an advisor who wants to go from chasing leads to being the leading choice? Then influence is your answer. Influence is how you create an audience of raving fans who are ready to buy and ready to tell other people about you without you having to ask. If you want to know how much influence you have right now and how to get more of it, take our free five-minute test to get your influence scorecard. Just go to proudmoth.com to start. But let's continue with this kind of ethical conundrum here, which is also about privacy. And will there be bad actors? This is a tool, right? A scalpel. Oh, yeah. You can use a scalpel yeah. to remove a malignant tumor. You can use a scalpel to hold somebody up and steal their money. There's going to be bad actors, of course. So I think because of... And so I know everybody knows this, but before we record, I'm always having a conversation with our guest. And Angel and I were talking about some of the television shows that we really like watching right now. But one of the other things that we were talking about is this idea that there are AI podcast hosts that breathe and have like personality and all of that sort of stuff. And I think that there are a lot of advisors who just put AI under this privacy, major privacy issue umbrella, that they're terrified that they're going to get a call from a client and it's actually going to be AI. So first of all, how do you feel about that? And do you think that's something that we need to worry about today? Or is that something that we need to start worrying about a little bit more in the near future? It's perfect that you brought that up about the fear and about the privacy and the nefarious uses. So let's tackle this. I know there's been fear of, ooh, is this to, if is the mere use of this tool violating any privacy? If you're using the tool to write content for you, if you're using the tool to refine a message that you just rattle off and you use it to just polish that message, what privacy are you violating? Now, I, I recommend I'm not a I'm not a lawyer or anything, but don't include any personally identifiable information. Don't drop like, all this client data into ChatGPT. Use it to ask questions, to be inquisitive as your thought partner. We actually released an AI integration with our email creator at Snappy Kraken. And that's what I've been asking advisors. Like, hey, don't put anything personally identifiable information or any privacy-related material in here. This is for marketing. You want that communication to scale. Use it for its intended purpose. So back to that privacy and the nefarious uses. I've heard about those scenarios being posed like, oh, what if some parents get a call from their kid they haven't spoken to in a couple years? Mom and dad have been kidnapped. The kidnappers need $50 million and they need it wired to this account. People are going to try to do that. People are going to try, they're going to try to work out all these systems. I don't have the answers for how to 
overcome that. I know there's people much smarter than I am working on things like that. I believe this company, investment company, I think Infinite Loops, or I know that they're investing a lot into countermeasures for AI. But as far as fear, I can't tell you to never fear that, but don't irrationally fear it, right? Don't obsess. I could sit here and be a nervous wreck and obsess about people draining my bank account or spam email or someone breaking into my house. What do I do with that? What do I do with that, Matt? It's the, I think just be careful with the irrational fear and educate yourself. Advisors have a tendency to overthink. <laughs> that's just part of a superpower that actually can go a little bit south. Yeah, that's a strength. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. So let's, okay. So you just opened the can of worms that I was hoping to open at some point, which is this idea that you guys, so Snappy Kraken, if you all don't know who Snappy Kraken is, I don't know what rock you've been living under, but they have been on the forefront of MarTech really since inception, marketing technology to really make it so that you as a financial advisor can do stuff at scale that's compliant, that's easy, wildly user-friendly, but most importantly, to help you market more successfully so you get more sales. And you just said, Angel, that you guys have this AI integration. Let's talk about that. What have you guys built? Yeah, so what we've done is we have this AI integration and we've rolled it out first off into our email builder. So we offer automated marketing. We have a lot of pre-created content that advisors can edit and reword and rearrange on their own. Now we have this email builder where they can write a message from scratch, but if they need that assistance, if they need that tool that they want to delegate to, we have a series of AI integrations that help the advisors come up with punchy, catchy subject lines and headers that help them refine, summarize, or polish their written message and also an image, a generative AI image component called Magic Image that lets them describe the image they want to see. And then our AI will create multiple versions for them to choose from and they can include that in their email. Is this part of the normal Snappy Kraken offering? It's not an add-on. It is. It's part of the normal offering. Holy cramoly. Snap. Oh, my God. Okay, everybody. So here's the deal. So many of you, you're just not good marketers. And we know that we've talked about that for 450 some odd episodes of the show, right? Being able to ask something that actually has been trained to help you come up with subject lines that actually get clicks. I love the image thing, Angel. That's freaking amazing because I'm so tired of seeing the two old white people holding hands walking on the beach, right? This is, wow, this is really and the it's in the control of the advisor. The advisor can specifically ask the right questions. That's part of your email integrations. Holy crap, dude. And it's out. Like people are listening to this today. They're snappy cracking clients. They can go ahead and use this. It's available right now. Okay. Now let's go back to our initial line of questioning with you, which is that they're going to have to know how to interact with the AI. What sort of training do you guys have to make advisors understand how to interact with the AI to get the best output they can? Going back to the way we operate and our values, we had to make it as easy as possible. And in addition to that, we want to show a demo. So we have these video demos where I believe Robert in under 
seven minutes, maybe five. He creates an email from scratch that takes a topic. He expands on the topic and he's able to format it, even ends up with an image and a catchy title that he didn't come up with. He came up with a general plain vanilla prompt for it. And then it gave them the, the right punchiness, the right amount of punchiness so that he could send out that message. How do people find out more about that? They can visit snappycracken.com forward slash AI dash podcast. That's the other thing I love about you guys. You guys make everything so freaky easy. All right, ever okay. Snappycracken.com forward slash AI podcast. AI hyphen podcast. So of course, everybody, we're going to make sure that we have that in the show notes. Angel, who should use Snappy Kraken? So I like that we got away from the philosophical stuff and now we're on to the practical. So it's really any financial advisor who takes connections that drive business seriously. Any financial advisor who's short on time, short on resources, who believes in the power of marketing and knows that marketing doesn't create results overnight, that it is actually an investment that when you play it well, when you do it well, when you use it to fortify your business, it will help you grow your business. It will help you serve your clients better. It will help you expand business and engage better with the people that you seek to serve. Angel, I love talking to you, brother. I can't wait to see you. I know that we're going to be crossing paths at a couple of conferences coming up, so I'm really looking forward to that. Listen, everybody, go to snappycracken.com. De- definitely check out AI-podcast. Please look into this because here's the deal. Now you can do this yourself. That's what makes me so happy about having you on the show and talking about this today is so many advisors just aren't creative marketers. They just don't have that spark that's needed. And you guys have built that into this email generator. And I know because you and I talked about this a little bit ahead of time, Robert and I are going to be doing something here relatively soon. By the time this comes out, it might have already been out, but we'll make sure we link back to that. So I'm actually going to be sitting with Robert in a live screen share and we're going to be creating some emails together. So please go to Snappy Crack and listen, we love everything that you guys are doing. We are so happy that you are in the space. We know that marketers desperately need to have, or advisors need to have marketing that's really truly going to work for them without making it take up a ridiculous amount of time. But most important, Angel didn't say this, so I am going to, they get results. And those results are the ROI that all of you are looking for, that I'm going to put the small caveat in there, which Angel just alluded to, which is it takes time. This is not an A plus B equals C equation. I put out an email, they're going to become new clients. I get new assets under manager. It's not how this works. It is a game. Marketing, slow marketing, which is what we call it here at Proudmouth, is just like the best food you ever eat. Slow cooked, right? That's the exact same thing that needs to happen with your marketing. Slow and steady wins the race. Start building your momentum today. Please make sure that you go to snappycracken.com forward slash AI hyphen podcast. Angel, thanks for being on the show, my friend. Yeah, thank you, sir. All right, everybody, this is Matt Haller, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the PodRocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be. 